Welcome to the Rebel Physician Podcast, where we are creating a path for physicians to break free from the toxic medical system to create an enjoyable and a sustainable career in medicine. Join us each week as we challenge the status quo, push boundaries, and seek to create a better healthcare system for all. I have a really exciting and fun guest for you today. It is Dr. Oksana Ormanova. She is a board-certified internal medicine physician, an intuitive spiritual healer, and an intuitive life coach. She was gifted with insight and perception to facilitate deep transformation and healing on spiritual, emotional, and mental levels. We have a very wonderful conversation all about medicine and healing and intuition and spirituality. I know you are going to love it. Oksana, I'm so excited to have you here. We were just chatting a little bit about how I found you, <laughs> how, how this came to be, um, and how I knew that instinctively that once my listeners wanted more spiritual content, that I had to have you on the podcast. So I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Kristen. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. And I love your podcast and I listen to um, episodes and I mean, it's amazing. And the work you're doing, it's amazing helping physicians and healthcare professionals. So um, you, you, you're just like literally like a lighthouse um, in the medical world. Yes. Well, and I know you um, wanted me to start with my story, right? Yes, how, please. <laughs> what, how it's all kind of developed. And um, so when I was a child, I was, when I grew up, I was um, very sensitive. I was sensitive to other people's emotions, feelings, and I also was a healer at heart. I always wanted to help people. I always wanted to heal people. And it was interesting, you know, when I was growing up, and my mom was a physician, so I used to make rounds with her since I was, I don't know, three years old. And, you know, but when I grew up, I was always sick. I was one of those sick kids who had excuses from, you know, physical activities at, at school. And my mom used to drag with all the doctors, and nobody could figure out what was going on with me. <laughs> but on every, like, major holiday, I was down with sore throat and fever. Right. And so, and because I wanted to help people, um, it was natural propensity for me to go to medical school. And I did my, I grew up and I did my medical school in Siberia. And at the same time, again, when I was a child, I could see things and feel things which other people could not perceive or could not see. Right. I could, I could see the energy. I could um, see as a, people's thoughts, emotions, the energy colors. And so when I was in med school, um, I started, uh, after my lectures, I would go in the local energy clinic and I start healing people, just putting my hands on them, right? And it's all I did, right? I would just put my hands and I would just have an intention channeling healing energy. And people were having miraculous healings. And when I got home, I would just go straight to bed. I had like no energy left and I was so exhausted. And I thought, well, you know, it takes me four hours each day to get to med school. Maybe this is it. But of course, later on, I realized 
what was going on with me, I was very, very sensitive. And I was picking up everybody else's energy, everybody's pain, everybody else's problems, right? And so, and then I think really where um, the big light bulb went on, I was doing elective in rheumatology. I was a long, long time in going my training. And I was still looking forward to it because I thought, oh, elective in rheumatology, it's so easy, right? You don't have to be on call. You get to, you know, show up in clinic at nine o'clock in the morning instead of whatever, 7 a.m. And I said, oh, it will be like mini vacation for me. <laughs> and after a week um, doing this uh, rheumatology elective, I was starting feeling depressed. I all my joints were hurting. Um, I could not sleep. And I was like, I had muscle pain. I mean, like, it just, I was like a train wreck. And I said, my God, what's going on with me? It's supposed to be easy, right? And I remember I was talking to my um, rheumatology attending and I said, you know, I just feel awful. I don't know what's going on with me. And she said, oh, I feel like that all the time. And she said, well, why don't you start taking just half a pill of antidepressant? This is what I do. It just helps me to, you know, get over the day. And she said, it will help you and, and so forth. And I said, oh my God, if I'm just in the beginning of medical training, right? And I start taking antidepressants, what am I looking down the road 10 years from now, 20 years from now? And so it's kind of put me on a, this journey of discovery. Of course, back then I thought, okay, what's wrong with me? <laughs> or even, you know, later when I became an attending, some of my colleagues, they could go and see whatever, like 30 patients and they were fine. I would see 15 patients and I was exhausted, right? Or it was taking me much longer to round on my patients. I, I, I was working as a hospital for 20 years. And I said, okay, what's wrong with me? Anyway, so it's put me on this um, further discovery, right? Finding out the answers. And through my spiritual journey, again, I went um, to India, Nepal, Bhutan, I mean, Siberian mountains, you, you name it, right? <laughs> and, you know, what I really finally came to conclusion was nothing wrong with me. I was just very sensitive. And again, now it's very uh, common knowledge, like empaths, right? So you you Google and you, you can, like everybody's talking about empaths and, and what it is and what you should be doing and so forth. But back then, I don't know if you can relate to that. Like, I don't know, it was, at least for me, it was not even in our vocabulary, right? What, mm -hmm. what it, and so, um, and this is what, um, yeah, so I realized I'm, I'm just extremely sensitive. And also, since I was a child, uh, I was very intuitive, I was very psychic. And throughout my career, it's, you know, I could not really, um, as I was working as a hospitalist, in the beginning, I wasn't talking about it openly, right? So I see things, mm -hmm. I know things and so forth. And then, so I was, I wasn't hiding <laughs> because it, it, it is considered woo-woo. Mm -hmm. But then I, you know, I became more open about it. 
And I would openly say, okay, this is what I, this is who I am. This is what I do. And I did get a lot of, um, kind of a nasty looks from some of my colleagues. Um, you know, people were saying, you're crazy, you're woo woo, you're whatever. But at the same time, um, I had a lot of physicians and nurses and other healthcare professionals who would come and talk to me. Um, and a lot of times they would just pull me in a corner, right? And, and would, mm. like, so, so nobody would see it. <laughs> and they were just like, oh, you know, this is what I'm feeling or this is what's going on in my life. What do you feel like? Or what do you see what's going on, right? What, what advice do you give me? And um, so, and I realized for me being open about my gifts and about who I am, it's, it's actually was helping other physicians. And um, so especially those who are true healers, who are sensitive, who are empaths. Um, so yeah, this is, I guess, like a short version. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's amazing. So I have, I have written down lots of questions <laughs> to, to talk about it. So what I can definitely relate to the sensitive child thing. And when I, as from as long as I can remember, I was told that I'm too sensitive, I'm too emotional, and I'm still recovering from that nowadays. So I definitely can, that was something that was externally told to me. And I'm wondering, was that your experience? Like, were you externally told that you were too sensitive or you felt like, how, what was that feeling like in your body about being sensitive when you were a child? And I guess even even now as an adult. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, back when I was a child and, and again throughout my medical career, how I experienced it would be, um, you know, I come in contact with somebody, right? And I would be talking to the person and they're depressed. I would start feeling that sadness. Right, so I would start feeling that emotion of sadness, or it would be to the point I am seeing patient in emergency room, right, doing an admission, and I, I said, okay, so um, what kind of chest pain do you have? And they would start describing chest pain, and I would feel it in my body. I would feel chest pain, right? So, and but when I was already um, practicing or when I was in residency, I already knew that. What I am experiencing, this is it's not mine, right? It, I'm like, oh, okay, this is not my emotion. This is not my my physical pain. I'm just picking it up. And but what I noticing, a lot of uh, physicians, especially those who are sensitive and who are healers, a lot of them they don't realize that, right? Mm -hmm. So because what we are trained um, from their birth, if you think something. It means this is your thoughts, right? If you're feeling something, you're the one who, who is feeling it. So there is no concept that, oh, you could be picking it up from somebody else. Mm -hmm. But in truth, uh, everything is energy, even you know Einstein's and everything is energy. So we are constantly um, like radio stations, right? We're picking up other people's thoughts, emotions, um, energy vibrations and a lot of times uh, again our what we are feeling uh, 
these feelings are not ours. Those thoughts we are having, these thoughts are not ours. And um, and just having that awareness, right? The first step is awareness. Being aware of it, it's it's a key, right? Where mm-hmm. you even question it. You're like, oh, wait a minute. And it was interesting. I was teaching um, a workshop for physicians about you know energy and how to discern if this, this is your emotions, feelings, or this is your um, thoughts. And somebody asked me, um, they said, well, sometimes it's easy to recognize, you know, you're sitting next to somebody and they're feeling depressed or they're crying and you start feeling sad. But does it work if, let's say, you're talking to somebody who is on another continent, right? Or who is thousands of miles away from you? Does it work too? Do you feel that too? And the answer is yes, absolutely. Because in energy, there is really no space, no time, right? So when I work with clients who are, um, you know, on a different continents, and I, I can see the energy, I can see what's going on, right? And I can help them to shift um, the energy or what they're going through. Mm-hmm. So yeah. how do you see it? Like, do you mm-hmm. actually, like what with your gifting, do you see do you see something visually or do you feel it or is it all of it like how do you I guess I'm just curious kind of what that experience is like for you when you have these healing sessions you know it varies so um it I know it so the um Mm. there are different ways when people do energy work or way intuitive there are different ways how uh, they receive information um, so for me, I know it. So just this degree of knowingness, I see it. So I see images, or let's say if I'm looking at energy, um, at somebody's energy, I can see the colors, I can see, you know, the organs, or I can see their past lives, images from their past lives. Um, and um, sometimes I hear, um, you know, what I see a lot of physicians um who come to me sometimes feel like I feel right, like I feel that I f- I, I don't feel safe, and it, it comes from my gut, like you know, and, and everybody's talking about the gut feeling, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, what we are talking about is um, second chakra, which is kind of like near um, belly button, and so this is our feeling chakra where we constantly scanning the world around us okay is it safe right we're scanning other people's emotions we're scanning the environment and when people say oh, i have this gut feeling about this person or i don't feel safe this is where um they're feeling it so but the information we receive let's say from um knowingness or seeing it's we receive it from seven chakras, six chakras, so which is it's it's like a high level mm-hmm. uh, informational perception. So second chakra, um, like it's all about feeling. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. It was a little too technical. <laughs> That's good. I love that. I I really like that. So how did you hone your gifting? Like, because I'm sure it. If you go from a place where everything I think and feel is mine to own, like this is yours to this is how you heal it. Do you, is that some sort of, is that just 
meditative practices? Is it practicing? Is it just doing it more and getting feedback? Like, how do you maybe flex the muscle of the intuitive gifting and the, and the, and the healing? Yeah, it's a great question. Thank you. Well, part of it is, um, you know, awareness, right? So for me, having an awareness that every time I have a thought coming in, especially if it's, um, you know, some sort of it, usually I know I don't um, think, you know, this type of thoughts, right? So I would be like, oh, wait a minute, where is this coming from, right? Or I could be doing going through my day and, you know, I'm usually I'm very joyful, happy person. And all of a sudden I start feeling anger or I start feeling uh, sadness. I ask myself, okay, is it mine or where is it coming from? And a lot of times um, I can pinpoint, okay, this is coming from this person, right? Or it's coming from this particular situ situation which is happening in the world right now. And then I just shift my awareness to my own thoughts, my own emotions, because the truth is we can process our thoughts, we can process our own emotions, but you can't process emotions which are not yours, right? Because in a sense, you have not created it. So, um, and this is what I see a lot of times is depression, anxiety, when people have um, anxiety and they can't get over it, right? A lot of times I would um, when I do sessions, I'm like, oh, okay, this is what's going on. This is not your anxiety. You're picking it up from, let's say, your mother. Wait, you're picking it up from your patient um, or whatever else is going on, right? Or you, whatever's going on in the world. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and again, so it's just practice. And, um, and like looking at everything, right? So if I'm looking at particular situations, so I always look at the truth. What what's really going on, ex beyond what appears to be. So it's you know it's like um, smell, taste, right? So the the more you practice, the more you um, uh, become you know it comes more naturally because we all have that. We all have intuition. It's our natural um, ability, just like test you know, smelling, tasting, and so forth. Um, but what I see, even physicians who come to me, you know, they want to develop the intuition or they um, coming for healing sessions, and they would say, oh, you know, I don't have a gift you have, or I'm not mm -hmm. intuitive. And I look at them and I'm like, no, I can totally see you are very intuitive. You're intuitive of the chart. I can see it, you know, when you were a child. Um, you were super intuitive. So it's validating the gift, right? Validating that you already have, and then it will like flourish, right? So, yeah. Yeah. I love instead, of, instead of denying it, right? Saying like, oh, yeah. I don't, I, it, it's, it's not brushing it off. Exactly. Exactly. Then you invalidate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I had this crazy experience. It was probably like two years ago now. I'll never forget this because it's still something that is like that was some that was a sign for me. I was walking out of the OR um, locker room, like I had just done a case. I was walking out of the OR locker room, and the CRNA that I just did the case with was in the locker room, mm -hmm. getting changed, and she was gonna and she was leaving, 
and I'm walking out and I look at her and in my mind is the thought, she really likes working with me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is a weird thing to think like, oh, that's kind of arrogant. Right. And then a split second later, she looks at me and she goes, I really enjoy working with you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? <laughs> just So I had heard her thought mm-hmm. and I was validated by that because she happened to say it. Not everyone says the nice things they think, right? But she said it to me immediately afterwards. And it blew my mind. That moment I was like, okay, this is obviously something that I'm capable of, mm-hmm. right? I'm, and who knows the thoughts that are going through my brain all the time. Like, and I, that's something that I'm trying to figure out is having that awareness of like, when are these mine and when aren't they, mm-hmm. you know? And I, but it's, it's, um, it's fascinating. And I just love that you said that it's, it's about um, validating the gifting of others, because I don't know. I just think that if you're called to be a physician, you have like you have it is part of you it's ingrained in you to heal and we don't just heal by prescribing medicine or doing surgery like we heal just by being present or listening or saying exactly something the person wants to hear when they need to hear it there's so many different ways we can heal and i think that unfortunately we go through our training and we 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 learn to rely heavily on the science, you know, quote unquote science and the materialism. And then most of us kind of detach from the innate gifting that we have that to heal as well. Yes. And, and you're so right because it's such a big aspect of um, like true healing, right? And of course, you know, we need our medical knowledge, we need science and all of that. But I mean, some a lot of times it's just our energy right our healing energy where it's you know you don't even um what i see with a lot of healers you don't even need to say anything right but it's being in your energy vibration it allows people to heal right when even um people who are healers way you know you will notice that people naturally gravitate to you and sometimes, you know, like I, I said, even again, physicians I work with, they would be, oh, I'm not a healer or I don't have intuition. And I said, well, don't you have, you know, you just go to grocery store and you're standing in line and people just start talking to you randomly. <laughs> they just start mm-hmm. telling you their problems or what they're going through, right? It's like they find you. So if they don't find you in a hospital, they find you, um, you know, in the mall, in a grocery store. And why we're doing that, we, everybody is psychic on some level, right? Everybody can sense the energy. So we sense that, oh, this is a healer, right? So, and I need to talk to this person. And to you, you might be just said, you know, a couple of sentences. But for this person, it was a profound healing. Mm-hmm. For this person, it changed their life. And it happened to me so many times. I would be standing in line, like, you know, at checkout in Whole Foods or something. And somebody just started talking to me. And I um, literally, I would just, 
because I could see what's going on with them, right? And I just, I would say like five minute conversation and people just start crying, right? Because mm-hmm. what's happening, a lot of healing and we're releasing a lot of trauma and so forth. And and this was what they needed to hear. This is what they needed to receive. And what I see a lot of physicians and um, other healers, this is, you know, happens uh, in our daily lives. <laughs> yeah. And then we just brush it off when in exactly. reality, that's like some of the most profound work we do probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you protect, I don't know, maybe not protect is the right word, but how do you make sure that you are maintaining yourself when you are sensitive? Like what are some mechanisms that either you do or that you recommend for sensitive people, empaths, especially in healthcare, in order to protect their own energy? Yeah, this is a great question. And I, you know, I want to start answering it with um first, you know, I think most of the people have no idea how hard it is to be a physician. Mm-hmm. And they have no idea how much work we do, right? And how hard it is. And, you know, working as a hospitalist, and I um, I just look like, wow, you know, how many, let me estimate, how many patients have I seen, you know, so med school, when I was, you know, doing meditation, residency, um, working as a hospitalist. Again, I start healing people when I was in med school. And I calculated like roughly, it's between 30,000 and 50,000 people in my lifetime. So if you think about it, um, how many professions and people out there who deal with daily pain and suffering, right? And seeing up to, you know, 100,000 patients in their lifetime, or people in their lifetime. So, and, and again, nurses, you know, nurse practitioners, PAs, and like, I have great respect for them because, you know, this is what they also do, right? And is people also don't realize where, you know, let's say I worked as a hospitalist and I will need to see, you know, sometimes 20, 25 patients. And, you know, I go in and I have to break to somebody, okay, you know, looks like we just found out you might have stage four cancer, right? Then I go in the next room and I have to pronounce somebody dead. But then you have to put smile on your face and you have to go see another 15 patients because you have to cheer them up, right? You have to bring light. You have to bring hope. And so what happens, it's like, how do you get, you know, through your 12-hour shifts or 14-hour shifts or 36-hour shifts? So it's builds up where, you know, and a lot of us, we do that. You go in and you put aside any of your own problems or any of your trauma because you just have to deal with, you know, you're saving lives. And it was interesting. Um, I was talking to, uh, I was at medical conference, attending online medical conference, and I was saying, oh, this is what I do. I help um, other physicians and healthcare professionals maintain their energy boundaries. So we're not absorbing, you know, patients' energy, pain, problems. And he looked at me and he said, oh, why would physicians 
want to learn that. Why would physicians want to learn that? Because he said, and he was a physician, <laughs> he said, um, we physicians, we just build walls. So we don't feel it. And he said it like it was just like, yeah, this is like the best um, method, right? To deal with oh it. <laughs> and I, I, I just was, I was silent, I think for five minutes, I was like, are you serious? And like, this is the answer to, uh, to deal with it. And um, anyway, so it's important for us to maintain uh, our energetic boundaries, especially when we're sensitive, right? So for me, I, um, I use meditation techniques that I've been using for, you know, 20 years um, before I went, I would go to work and meditate every morning. Um, I set the energy, I create the energy. During my um, work, I would like clear the energy after each patient I see, right? Or um, when I get home from, from the hospital, I would meditate and I clear any energy from the patients, from the hospital, and align with my own vibration. So there are different techniques uh, that I've been using. And, you know, but, you know, for just those physicians, it, you know, first it's awareness, right? Um, just sometimes I tell people, oh, you know, when you come out of patient's room, while you're washing your hands, and just something simple because it brings awareness. I say, okay, you're washing your hands, just imagine any energies you picked up from that patient is just drains off, right? It washes off and it just goes down the sink because it also helps you to maintain that um, awareness like, oh, okay, this is not my energy, so let it go, right? And so something simple like that and of course meditation, spending time in nature, which is very important because nature is very, very healing. Um, another thing that I see a lot of physicians doing, even though they don't realize one of the reasons we're doing it, how many physicians out there go to gym after work, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. After clinic, after, you know, we did a hospital shift. And of course, it's part of their um, exercise. It's good for our health. But what actually happening on energy level, when we're working out, what's happening, we're shifting the energy. We're moving energy of the hospital. We're moving energy of the patients. They get more into their body because when you exercise and create, you you have to be present in your body. Mm-hmm. So um, this is and and they feel better. Of course, you know we can explain you feel better because of you know on a scientifically, but mm-hmm. this is another reason they feel better because they shift the energy, they move um, that uh, hospital environment energy out, and mm-hmm. so it's like actually interesting. Yes. But most yeah. physicians, we don't realize that. Yeah. And this is why I th- I recommend like dancing, like physically, mm-hmm. you know, or like shaking. What's it like the therapeutic where you like just are like shaking to kind of diffuse that energy. And mm-hmm. it sounds like it. people say like, it sounds so silly. It's like, it sounds silly. But then if you just do it, you're, you're like, it's, it's obvious. It's like, oh yeah, I do feel better because I shake my butt a little bit during that song you know what I mean like you do (laughs) it's just so I love that you mentioned that because it's little things like that that we um 
can implement and then use even more. Like if you know, I'm going to go to the gym anyway, I can mm-hmm. also be really intentional about it and all, and then visualize the energy, you know, moving in my body and it will amplify it, right? I think it would make the effect even bigger. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it, it, again, it's just awareness is a key, right? So yeah. when I'm aware of something, you start shift um, the energy. And, um, and you know, another thing I see is a lot of physicians, you know, our healthcare is based on a principle where at least this is what my understanding, and I would love to hear your opinion, where patients come in and they give all the responsibility and power for their health, they give it to the physician, right? It's like, you fix me. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you fix me, you, you solve my problems. And if it's not happening, if I don't feel better, or we're not um, you know, dramatically improving rapidly, somehow it's becoming the physician's fault. And... So, and I, you know, so many times I cut myself up, like solving my patient's problems, which would be, you know, you have a patient coming in and, you know, I need to discharge them, but family doesn't want to take them, right? So then you end up solving, trying to solve all the social problems and family problems. Or um, if somebody is homeless and, you know, they're like, well, I don't want to go to this child, I don't want to. So you, you, it's almost like you're trying to solve the entire life, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? And um, and what I see is happening with a lot of physicians, where day in and day out, they're taking their patients' problems and carry it in their own personal lives, right? Mm-hmm. And what's happening, if it's not your problem, you can't solve it. So... Of course, you can, you know, provide any tools and, you know, solutions and so forth and um, kind of find solution. But when you take on somebody's problem, you can't solve it because you have not created it. It's not yours. And what I see a lot of physicians, they don't realize, they're like, well, I don't know why I have all these um, issues, you know, is it my relationship, it's my um, personal career, wealth, whatever it is. And when I look at the energy, I see, oh, wait a minute, this is not your problem, right? But you bring in that problem energy into your life and you try and to solve it, but it's not yours. So so our system really has to shift where we give all the responsibility and power to the patients for their own health. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we are here to provide with all our expertise, all our knowledge, provide all the resources for them to move towards healing. We help them to move towards healing, but um, they have to take responsibility into their own uh, hands for their health. Does it make sense? So yes. it, uh-huh. Yeah, it, it does make a lot of sense. I agree with you. And I think the other aspect of it is that as physicians, we are, so many of us expect to find our own worth and value in our ability to heal others, which we think means solving their problems for them, mm-hmm. right? Curing their disease. When in reality, that's really not our job, like you said, right? It's to facilitate, it's to teach, it's to hold space and to mm-hmm. encourage. But ultimately, we are all 
have our own autonomy and path to go through. Mm -hmm. And I think that part of it too is, is the physician being whole, feeling whole and worthy regardless of a patient's outcome. And I don't mean that we don't care about the outcome, but it does mean that I don't base my worth on that outcome. And that lesson, learning the lesson of, as a physician is the number one thing that has saved me for mm -hmm. sure in medicine, is being able to separate my patients and their outcomes from my, my own worth. And actually, I think it makes me even better at my job because I'm not seeking validation from anyone. I am truly just mm -hmm. there for them without an, my own agenda. So I think that that, that point I, I, I agree wholeheartedly with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what you just said, it's so profound. And it's so important for other physicians to hear that because um, on a bigger level, like when we really looking at the truth of any situation, again, I'm looking from the perspective as a spiritual healer, clairvoyant, um, I'm ordained minister. So looking at when somebody has certain condition, you, you know, when uh, develop cancer, whatever it is, right? It's looking, okay, so why it happened, right? So in some ways, why this person developed it, right? Giving them power, why we created the situation, what we're learning from it, right? And what outcome in their particular uh, path, what um, for somebody it could be miraculous recovery, right? For somebody else is we're done with this incarnation and it's their time to transition, right? So, and looking from that bigger perspective and you mentioned wholeness and again, to me, healing, true healing is restoring to wholeness. It starts with healing the soul. It starts again, um, healing on so many different levels. It's not about just healing the body. It's healing the soul, healing the mind, and so forth. So, and exactly, yes, not um, attaching our self-verse to the outcome uh, our patients have. Yeah, I, I really like that you mentioned that because there's there is so much that we don't know. And I think that as physicians, it's scary for us to really admit that, right? But from a from a truly spiritual universal soul level we don't know anyone else's journey or what it should or shouldn't be mm -hmm. and if we can detach from that and surrender into that unknown and just do the best we can i don't i i just truly feel like we are better at our jobs that way and mm -hmm. people think i think the fear is that if you if you if you think that someone's death was maybe meant to be at the grander scheme, right? Mm -hmm. Let's just say, mm -hmm. then that will mean you don't care about their patients and you don't want to help them. But in, re in reality, in the day-to-day, -day, it just doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. At least it hasn't in my experience. It really makes me love more mm -hmm. and, and accept more and see reality in the moment as it is instead mm -hmm. of 
focusing on my story of how I think it should be. Exactly. And it's much more fulfilling for me too, as a physician. Yeah. And it's, again, um, just looking in a bigger picture. And, you know, I had a, um, as you were talking about, I remembered it was a long time ago. I was, you know, when I was working as a hospitalist, I was talking to one of my colleagues and he was, you know, so devastated. And, you know, he was just um, truly like, I, I'm like, what's going on with you? What happened? And he said, well, you know, was um, uh, he just come, came out from his shift and he said, we had a code and, you know, patient didn't make it. And it was a patient who was, um, she was young woman, right? And so, and as I was talking to him and he's like, yeah, we tried all the best, and, you know, it's like just, she didn't make it. And while I was talking to him again, because um, I do see souls, I do see souls on the other side. And I saw this um, soul who just transitioned right next to him. And she was telling him how grateful she was. And she was telling him that it was her time to go. Like in our sense, it didn't make sense why um, a young woman who was in her 40s or 30s who had um, a child, why would she transition, right? Mm -hmm. But on a bigger theme of uh, her soul journey, she was done, right? It was her time to go. Anyway, so, and I said, well, I really want to help him. And I start telling him that. And I said, you know, what I see is um, it was, you know, it was your time. And, and he just re got really angry at me. <laughs> and he said, he's like, what? So you believe that, um, you know, people are just supposed to die and, 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 and so forth. So I'm like, no, you know, we all have our journey and we all as physicians, we do our best, but we are not gods, right? Mm -hmm. It's between, however you want to call it, it's between um, that patient or that person and God when it's your time. We are not gods, right? So, um, and yeah, so he he just, he, he could not understand it. Yeah, wasn't but ready to hear it. He, would not, he wasn't ready to hear it, but that soul who, you know, she just had so much light and she was um, thanking him mm -hmm. and, and, um, and telling him how much, you know, that he shouldn't be down and he, you know, so it was your time to go. Yeah. Well, that's a beautiful story. I mean, there are certainly parts of it that are sad, but I think mm -hmm. it, the bigger picture is beautiful for sure. Did you have the vocabulary, like this spiritual vocabulary as a child or a religious upbringing? Or like, was it, did you have a basis of in what it means to be an intuitive and to see souls and all of that thing? Or is that something that you learned throughout your life? Yeah, no, when I was a child, I didn't, I don't think I had, but again, you know, I started healing people with my hands on when I was, um, yeah, literally my first year of med school. Uh, so, and, you know, of course, even back then it was considered woo, so mm -hmm. uh, much none of my um, classmates or friends knew that. <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't know, just for me, it was probably like magical, um, 
because Gabriel was like, you know, when kids say they have magic, imaginary friends, a lot of times they do, and they see spirits, right? They communicate um, with a, uh, is it guardian angels or spirit guides? So, yeah. yeah. So what, what, how did you find the place where you did the healing when you were a medical student? How did that come to be that you were doing that? You know, it just because I was interested in any in healing modalities. Yeah. I was interested in energy. So I was just exploring different, um, you know, I was reading a lot of books and, and so forth. And there was a energy, it was just a um, small energy clinic where people would come, you know, see regular doctors and also who were interested in more like hands-on healing, energy, medicine, and and so forth. And I just stumbled on it and I said, oh, I want to I wanna heal people. <laughs> yeah. So anyone, you know, I could put my hands on and heal, I was, because I already healed all the cats and dogs. Um, yeah. and I put, so... <laughs> You can move on to people. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, but the more, you know, the reason I did it because people were getting better and they said, you know, I, I don't know what you did, but I had this pain for many years and it went away or um, my anxiety or my depression, I feel, you know, so much better. And so th this is what kept me going despite, you know, it was took me two, three hours each way to get to med school. Like I was growing, I grew up in a small um, village in Siberia, but I would be like, no, people need me. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, I really appreciate you sharing your story. Would you mind telling people kind of what you do now and if what maybe what kind of services you offer for physicians and how you can help them? Yes, of course. Well, first, you know, I do one-on-one -on -one sessions um, and I work with a lot of physicians. Um, I do it long distance. I don't have a practice. And people, I don't know, call me with all different uh, topics. So either way, looking for direction in their career, relationship, health. Um, and so when people call me from anywhere in the world and just wait, say their name, I can see what's going on. I can see the energy. I can see what's um, happening in their lives and so forth. And what I'm really interested in, helping them to take the next step, whatever, moving them towards the next step, whatever it is in the finances, career, relationship, health, personal development. And I'm not really interested in predicting future. And this is what I tell people, you know, I don't predict future because I believe we all create our reality, we create our future. And and I actually tell people, you know, be careful when you go um, sometimes to psychics and they tell you, okay, you know, two months from now you will, um, whatever it is, meet your uh, soulmate. <laughs> because what happens a lot of times people become easily programmable, right? So we're like, okay, psychic said in two, two months, I, I will meet this person. And let's say, because they shifted so much energy, like maybe in two weeks, somebody will show up and we would be like, oh, no, no, no. Um, I was told my real soulmate comes in one month. So, mm -hmm. and um, 
Yeah, so I'm more interested in helping people um, move towards healing uh, on all different levels. Um, I work a lot on a soul level, helping them to heal on a soul level. Is it um, trauma from childhood, past life, um, whatever else is going on? And um, and I also teach workshops um, for healthcare professionals, physicians, other people, how to develop your intuition, how to trust your intuition, and how to maintain your energy boundaries so that you're not absorbing other people's energies, especially for those people who are sensitive mm-hmm. or empaths. And um, yeah. Perfect. And I have your website in the mm-hmm. notes today. Do you mind verbally saying it though as well? Oh yeah, like of course. Your website oh. and then where to find you on social media. Yes, um, I have a website. It's called divinewellnessmd.com. And I'm also on Instagram at divinewellnessmd. And I'm on Facebook. And uh, yeah, I was happy to connect with people. And uh yeah. Excellent. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you so, so much. It was wonderful talking to you. Thank you, Christine. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs>